Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're grateful and glad to have you here. Nice to see you. we got featured at the very front and center of rumble.com. Hell yeah. Big ups to Rumble. Remember, when you click that like button and you subscribe to the channel, you're not only supporting me, maybe you only like me just a little bit, and that's okay, but you like Rumble a lot, the free speech platform for people like you and I who believe in freedom. So click like and subscribe. How about today we do it for rumble.com. We appreciate you very much. All right, well, punk rock politics, anarchy in the GOP. Yes, you never thought you'd see the day. Everybody freaking out. Mark Levin says that these are anarchists, these people who voted with the Democrats to youst former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. They're running around, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. What movie is that quote from? Uh, we're going to talk about that a lot today. We've got the speech that Matt Gates gave yesterday on the House floor. We'll play it. We'll talk about it. We'll respond to it. Laura Ingram, of all people on Fox News last night, really held Matt Gates's feet to the fire. And certainly, I think that that's warranted, right? People have a right to ask questions and ask difficult questions of our elected representatives. But I'm going to just come out and I'm going to tell you right now, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Call us anarchists. Call us insurrectionists, call us whatever name you want, call us racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, call us bigoted, call us uh, insurrectionists, whatever, call us anarchists, whatever you want, just don't call me late for dinner, baby. Uh, we're going to get a new Speaker of the House, and you know what? AP says yay. I've already gotten nominated for Speaker of the House. Okay, so maybe not as a serious candidate, but you know you don't have actually have to be an elected member of the House of Representatives in order to be elected Speaker of the House. So you know what? I was nominated this morning and I say, I'm in. What do you say? Would you vote? Can I get a second? How about a seconded in the chat? Drop a seconded. If you'd like to see AP for Liberty, just burning them up there on the floor of the House. You want to see real anarchy, baby? I'll show you some anarchy. Uh, no, so anarcho-capitalism, right? Uh, how about we... Uh, how about we elect Donald Trump as Speaker of the House? I think there we go. That'll be a talk about some chaos there. Did you see in his court trial yesterday that the uh, that's not the judge. The judge will be joining us on the show today. But did you see that the judge in that case, there's only one the judge, but the judge in the case of where Donald Trump is fighting over the valuations of his properties, needlessly in my, in my opinion, but apparently has issued a gag order against Donald Trump because Trump said that the prosec the female prosecutor in this case is Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, sometimes you gotta laugh to keep from crying. Why can't we be in a good mood when we're on the Wake Up America show? We absolutely can. What's on your mind today? Don't forget, you can always text the show and let us know what's going on in that head of yours. Send us a text at 573-319. One five eight six. Again, you can text the show 573-319-1586. Q Fayard is already in. She says, or he says, I don't know, says DJT for speaker, Donald Trump. I just, I would love to see it. Because I know there's a, there was a big collective wailing and gnashing of teeth amongst the establishment and the intelligentsia yesterday who calling them anarchists and say, saying this doesn't do us any good. They should be focusing on this and not that. But you know what? I got to say, you know, just a little bit of chaos. And we're all, you know, they're all running around screaming with their heads cut off. No, how could they do this? And I'm, and I'm sitting over here looking at Kevin McCarthy's record. 
and saying, huh, let's take a look at his voting record. Huh. Votes to spend money in Ukraine. Doesn't vote to go to take us off of continuing resolutions. Votes with the Democrats a large majority of the time. Isn't helping any of the January 6th political prisoners. Doesn't release the January 6th audio tapes. Uh, You know, it goes on and on and on ad infinitum. But you know, uh, while I do agree with Mark Levin on uh, quite a lot of things, I was a little disappointed to see and hear him yesterday saying things like this. You know, Larry, I have to say this. So why are 11 Republicans helping the most diabolical party in the United States of America? Yeah, yeah. Why are they joining with the Progressive Caucus and the Marxists in the House of Representatives who hate this country to do what they're doing today? They are basically 11 demagogues who want you to believe that all these things that have been passed in the House, they haven't taken effect. So why aren't they focused on the Republican leadership in the Senate? That's the problem. That's number one. Number two, they talk about a $33 trillion debt. I was talking about this all through the pandemic, that nobody's talking about the debt, including Matt Gates, who never talked about the debt. I don't remember. This is a lot of whataboutism, right? But uh, at, at the end of the day, like these people, they're not angry at people like Matt Gates for not talking about the debt. They're they're angry for disturbing the waters. They're angry for for the people turning against members of their own party who, in my opinion, deserve to be turned against. For example, this is the new interim speaker of the House, for example. And I love this tweet from Colin Rugg. He says, interim speaker Patrick McHenry aggressively slams the gavel as he and other 200 Republicans fume over Kevin McCarthy's yousting, right? And I'll read the rest of the tweet in a second. But watch this. This is like, these are adults having temper, temper tantrums. Chair declares watch this. the House in recess, subject to the call of the chair. Shut up, nerd. Okay, so look at this. This is an adult, okay? This is supposed to be somebody that is an elected representative of the people, someone who is mature, someone. This is good. These are, so, these are the people who were told who are to be trusted with governing, not Matt Gates in the chaos caucus, not good people like Nancy Mace and others who voted against this, but nerds like this. Look. Okay, first of all, that's probably the hardest he's ever hit anything in his life, this little tiny nerd here. But I love this tweet from Colin Rugg. He says, where was this anger as millions of migrants poured over the southern border? Where was this anger as U.S. debt rises over $33 trillion? Where was this anger when the FBI rounded up Trump supporters and threw them in prison? Where was this anger as the justice system tries to take out Biden's top opponent in 2024? They sit back and do nothing as our country burns, but they fume when their speaker buddy loses his role. God bless you, Colorado. Thank you. our precious speaker of the house they caused a little bit of disorder in our precious house of representatives let's hear from the man when it comes to how those raise money i take no lecture on asking patriotic americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership who have oh boo all you want yeah they're booing him they're because he's calling out the lobbyists of the special interest. They're booing him because he stands in the way of the money train, the gravy train going to Ukraine. All you know, all of your taxpayer dollars. And I see, uh, you know, Camelia over there. She's like, I've never been a fan of Matt Gates, but uh, she does like a little bit of chaos. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm starting to become a fan of Matt Gates. I'm going to give him big ups. It takes guts. It takes balls.
and you know, and then of course he's getting questions like these in the meet. Oh, oh, well, not there yet. Hold on, that was very funny, but we'll get to that in just a second. Hold on, where was the interview that I had with Matt Gates? Oh, here we go. The, the, you know, this is what he's having to face to down whose now. benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, We are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. Yeah. God bless you, Matt Gates. Care. Meanwhile, his opposition. Oh, you got rid of our precious speaker. Oh, look at this nerd. I want to like throw him in a locker and lock him in. Don't, don't you just want to give this guy the biggest swirly ever here? I wasn't even like a bully in high school, but like this brings out my bully vibes. Look at this. Like you can tell, like he probably almost broke his wrist hitting that gavel so hard. Chair. Look at this. Watch this again. Chair. Uh, well, somebody needs to make a super cut of it. Just look at this. Oh, they they got rid of speaker. L- let me show you how mad I am. Uh, oh, oh my god! I, just, I hit it as hard as I can. Look, Kevin McCarthy. I'm your friend. Oh, oh. yes. Uh, Johnny Freedom says Gates is a freaking patriot with brass balls. Hell yes. No, Matt Gates was getting some tough questions last night on Laura Ingram. Before we play this clip, click that like button and subscribe to the channel if you're a freedom lover, just like all of our friends over there on the Wake Up America show who are joining us. 1,200 people live. One-stop shopping for all freedom-loving patriots here in the morning. If it's your first time here, you gotta click that subscribe button. Why don't you click that subscribe button and then send me a text. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put that phone number and just program it into your phone so you don't have to remember and just be like AP for Liberty. Then you can hit me up anytime, night or day, and I'll respond to your text messages at 573-319-1586. Again, you can text the show anytime, Monday through Friday, or pretty much night or day, seven days a week, anytime, even on Christmas Day. I might even respond to you at 573-319-1586. who has voted 11 times for candidates other than McCarthy. Congressman, great to see you tonight. Um, I love seeing you, by the way, with Congresswoman Jayapal. What were you talking about there? I love seeing that video. Any, any scoop you can give us? That was funny. Well, my, I'm like, what, the, what are they talking about? Uh, my conversations with Democrats have largely been about making sure that they don't leave the floor for dinner or fun. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, guys. This is the wrong video. This is the wrong video. I've, I've got it stashed away. I'll get it in just a second. Probably the funniest meme that came out of the uh, came out of the speaker uh, yousting yesterday was this one here, and I just love it because Chris Burt, uh, Burtman posted it first, where he asked the question, what in the world is going on here? And here you see Matt Gates, and look at this. She thirsts, right? Ilhan Omar is watching Matt Gates. You know what it is? It's just conservatives, libertarians, we're just sexier than Democrats. You know what it is? You see, she, Ilhan Omar, she's looking at Matt Gates like she's looking at her brother here, you know? <laughs> Yeah, boy. I love it. I love it. A little bit of chaos, a little bit of anarchy in my GOP. I'll take it. 
Uh, I got to say, I think that it's fun as hell. And then you got Mark Levin and he's so mad and he's he's, you know, pushing out uh, uh, fallacies of whataboutism. Republicans going to the fore, blasting the Republican administration for the outrageous spending under camouflage of the pandemic. But today they get on the floor and they're going to save the country. Jefferson talked about the tyranny of the minority. Mm. He also talked about the tyranny of the legislature. He also said we should have a GD revolution every 20 years, Mark. And you're complaining about anarchists? What about the fact that Thomas, Re- Thomas Jefferson thought that perhaps we should have a bloody revolution every damn 20 years in this country? Who is Mark Levin? If I brought that quote up, no, he'd be like, Oh, God! No, God! Yeah, please, you wouldn't no, like that, would no, you, Mark Levin? No! No! I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, though. You can send them in. Don't forget. Send me a text. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you take the Mark Levin, we need to have, we need to be focusing on what matters. We need to be, or do you take the side of the guys who, who hit the gavel like, ew, oh, I'm having a little fit. Oh my God. Oh, I don't want to, I'm showing Kevin McCarthy that I'm, I'm your friend and I hate this chaos in the GOP. Ew, I'm just going to go home and I'm going to bite my pillow is what I'm going to do. Or do you take the side of Matt Gates? Yes. Ilhan Omar looking at him like AOC Caesar looking at him like that and is like, How dare you? And, and uh, you know, what? A <laughs> Austin. All right, all right, all right. Calm down, calm down. It's Austin. It's Austin. Time to get back on track. If you're just tuning into the show. Good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show, and we're glad and grateful to have you here. 1,400 people, that's a reason to be happy. Make sure that you click that like button and subscribe to the channel so that you can get updates when we go live, which is every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. And when you click that like button, you're helping us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. So if you're all about limited government, economic freedom, personal liberty, then do me a favor and click that like button and subscribe to the channel. And again, you can always text the show at 573-319-1586. Again, 573-319-1586. All right, let's hear what Speaker, uh, or excuse me, Speaker Gates, wouldn't that be nice? Let's hear what Matt Gates had to say on the floor yesterday. Mr. Speaker, my friend from Oklahoma says that my colleagues and I who don't support Kevin McCarthy would plunge the house and the country into chaos. Chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. The one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common, Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. I think $33 trillion in debt is chaos. I think that facing a $2.2 trillion annual deficit is chaos. I think that not passing single-subject spending bills is chaos. I think the fact that God we have been you, governed in this country since the mid-90s by continuing resolution and omnibus is chaos. And the way to liberate ourselves from that is a series of reforms to this body that I would hope would outlast Speaker McCarthy's time here would outlast my time here and would outlast either of our majorities. Reforms that I have heard some of the most conservative members of this body f- uh, fight for and some of the reforms that we've been battling. Yeah, boy. 
Now, somewhere, and I think I posted it on my Instagram page. I'm going to do this in real time. I don't normally do this. Pull up my Instagram because you can sometimes, you might be able to see my direct messages and stuff. But I'm going to go ahead and do this. Pull this up because I know I posted on my timeline last night uh, the video of Ilhan Omar. Yes, okay, here she is. She's saying would. <laughs> you know she would. Hold on, hold on. I've got, you know, if you're not following me on Instagram, you totally should. At AP for Liberty. Uh, I post the best uh, videos, shorts, reels, things like that. Oh, here we are. Here we are. I love this. I love this. So here you can see it. It's a little small, but here's Ilhan Omar when she's actually watching, um, actually watching Matt Gates. Look at this. Look at her. Look at her face. You know, she wants a piece of that. Oh, look at that. She is licking her lips, bro. <laughs> Are you telling me right now that that is not the face of a liberal woman who wants Republicans? One of my favorite Reddit threads of all time. I won't go into this tangent for too long. But there's this woman who posted how she has a fetish for Republicans. She wants to like date a Republican because she's like hardcore leftist liberal. And she wants like she has this fantasy of like a MAGA Republican coming in and like dominating her. And I won't get into the details because it's beyond PG-13, which I try and remain on this show. But you just got to know. I mean, are, are there any conservative men out there or libertarian men who have dated a liberal woman? And you just like you could just tell that you were like nothing that she had ever been with before because you're like your toxic masculinity was like oozing out of your pores and the like the she had only ever been with these like you know beta boys the type of guys who like hit the gavel hold on where's my where's my gavel where's my gavel the, the, the only type of men that ilhano that il, types like ilhano yeah. marv ever been with are guys like this Oh, no, I'm going to bite my pillow. Oh, please, may I kiss you? Please, may I love you, princess? Oh, may I do anything for you? And look at her looking at Matt Gates here. She's like, God damn, that looks good. Mm, it, looks, it looks so good. Mm. Look at her look at her lips. It's just, it wasn't just like one little isolated incident. She's looking at Matt Gates like he's a real man. That's right. That's right. There we go. Roger Hirschline says, troll alert, troll alert. What are you talking about? I have no idea. Uh, you can send us a text today on the show at 573-319-1586. Blue Trike says, get you a woman that looks at you like Ilhan looked at him. I mean, no joke. Look at this. I mean, she is thirsty, thirsty lady there. All right. Shall we get back to the news? I think we should. Don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel. If you are enjoying the content, one listener texted in, says, happy to have found your show. Greetings from Pittsburgh. Yo, what's up, Pittsburgh? Nice to see you. One listener texted in, said, good riddance to McCarthy. We shouldn't have to choose between accountability and proper governance. Go Florida, man. FYI, not Yoda here. Good morning, not Yoda. Nice to see you, brother. Not Yoda, our friend from Pittsburgh. You love to see it. 1,500 people, 1,600 people. The numbers just continue to grow. Rumble.com has been so good to us. Why don't you click like and subscribe at minimum for Rumble? How about it? Thank you very much. Yeah, and Fox News host Laura Ingram, she went and pressed the uh, pressed mask gates last night. She says, Congressman, we've already established tonight. I've been doing this with all due respect. You know, you're a young guy. She says, I agree with you on the issues, right? The continuing resolutions and the, and the, um, the spending. It's a nightmare. You don't have the margin, she says, to get from A to B to C. Um, uh, I categorically reject we don't have the votes, Gates responded with after he questioned if Ingram had started working in the politics as the age of three, as she was asking the question. 
you know, Ingram had worked in the Reagan administration, though. So uh, Ingram asked, how do you get closer to all of these things that are legitimate concerns when you still have a Senate that says no can do? She says, I mean, you've got several senators who are actually completely on the other side of a lot of these issues you still have to contend with. How do you get to your nirvana points, which are the conservative holy grail points of governance, the way where you're going? Well, here's the thing, Laura, you don't do it by continuing to bow down to what the Democrats want. You don't do it by continuing to back down. You do it by throwing some sand in the gears. You go. You do it by grabbing a big giant monkey wrench and shoving it in the machine so that the machine can no longer turn until the time comes when you are in power and you can't enact your agenda. That's what the Democrats do to us every single time. They induce chaos. It's it's. Uh, listen, I, I'm not praising Jamal Bowman here, okay? But let me tell you something. That took guts. He's stupid, but it took guts for Jamal Bowman to go and pull that fire alarm, right? Because you know why? what that showed? It showed me that the Democrats have the courage of their convictions, right? This is, this is it, it, what Matt Gates did is the intelligent and civilized way to do what Jamal Bowman did. Because here's the thing. We've got a problem in our own party. We've got a problem. It's not just rhinos, right? Republicans in name only, because who the hell knows what that term even means? libertarian Republicans like myself who believe in freedom and limited government or anti-slavery and that we're called rhinos all the time, right? So who are the real Republicans? The Nikki Haley types, the the George W. Bush types, right? The neocons, the ones who want endless war, the uh, Bill Crystals of the world, are they the real Republicans, right? Donald Trump, who just recently became a Republican in the last decade, right? The populist Republicans, are they the real Republicans? The conservative Ted Cruz types, are they the real Republicans? Am I the real Republican? Right? Who's the rhino? Right? So I don't like to use terms like that. But what I will say is this, when it comes to what the party itself should believe, like the, the there's what the platform says, and there is what people like you and I make it and what people like Matt Gates and others make it right. And it's only going to be what we want it to be. If we're willing to show up and we're willing to fight. And that's why. So here's the thing. The reason why Donald Trump is probably going to be the Republican nominee again, despite all of the problems that he has, is because Donald Trump knows how to kick ass and take names. And I've, and I've told you once, and I'll tell you again, I spoke to my buddy John Miltimore on Monday about this. He's like, do you think, and listen, I love John Miltimore, but like, I, you know, we part ways on this issue. He's like, do you think that things actually improved during the Trump years? And I'm like, yes, yes, hell yes, they did. Because I don't get, I'm not bothered by things like mean tweets. Do you understand? Mean tweets do not bother me, okay? And I keep telling my friend Camelia this all the time. We are not going to nice our way to freedom. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? Do we need people that are diplomatic, right? Do we need our, our Thomas Masseys to, you know, to question perhaps, you know, before we jump in, right? It shouldn't be ready, fire, aim all the time, right? You don't always go off half-cocked. But Kevin McCarthy sowed the seeds of his own destruction. He agreed to the rule that allowed him to be ousted with the, with the knife, proverbial knife to the throat of the House of Representatives to the Speaker that if he did not do what he said he would do when they nominated him to be Speaker of the House, then one member of the House could vote to vacate. You know, there's power in that. It's, it's almost, it's a veto power in a sense. Right. In a, in a large sense, because the Speaker of the House has way too much power. The rules of the House of Representatives uh, of the House of Representatives in the federal House have been so twisted. So as that if you want to get a piece of legislation to the floor, it only happens if the Speaker of the House of Representatives brings it to the floor. 
So what does that mean? Well, does anybody, he has ultimate veto power or they have ultimate veto power. So what does that mean? Well, that means that there needs to be a check and a balance against that veto power, just like the three uh, co-sovereign branches of government that we have, there are checks and balances. I mean, for God's sakes, the House of Representatives itself is a check and balance on the power of the Senate, right? Our bicameral legislature. Anyways, I don't need to go and explain to you the whole schoolhouse rock. You know, I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill because I got Jeremy Cady from Americans for Prosperity looking at me through the window right now, standing right there behind the camera. And he's going to give us a lecture on how this stuff works because he probably knows better than me. (laughs) We'll be back with more. Don't go away on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Sorry about the blank space there. Good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Love to see it. 2,000 people watching us live. What's going on? Rumble.com. We appreciate you very much. If you want to help support the show and spread the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty, make sure you click that like button and subscribe to the channel and watch the Wake Up America show every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Give it up to our new sponsor, Snow Goose Lodge. Make sure that you use that 20% uh, coupon code if you want to book a reservation there and rent that beautiful cabin in Jamestown, Kansas. Our friend Kilsharian, Quantum Kitty, hooked us up with that. Thank you very much for your support of the Wake Up America show and support our sponsors. And visit snowgooselodge.com. Use that code WAKEUP for 20% off. All right, well... Chaos in the GOP, anarchy in the GOP. You love to see it. You know, this guy who just walked in to the studio right now, we've been friends for quite some time, and he's very respectable, very decent. You can tell by the way he dresses versus the way I dress. He's Jeremy Cady of Americans for Prosperity. Good morning, Jeremy. How you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Good to see you here. Mark Levin says that these are anarchists in the GOP. How would you respond, Mark Levin? Uh, You know, I've been called an anarchist before. (laughs) Um, You know, I I, I wouldn't necessarily call it anarchy. Um, Obviously, you know, the term chaos has been thrown out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, was it the the correct decision? Was it the right thing to do? Um, I think that's up for debate. I think right now what uh, Americans want, uh, they want cuts in our spending. They want to get that under control. Uh, they want to find avenues to reduce, you know, all this inflation that we've been dealing with. You know, uh, we talk about inflation going down, but prices themselves haven't gone, gone down. They're just increasing at a slower rate right now. Uh, so I think we definitely need to make sure that uh, uh, we're working on that. And then, you know, the, the other big thing that keeps popping up too is uh, the border, border security. And I think, um, you know, I, I think there is the other side of this that uh, somehow, uh, you know, we've got 45 days to get another budget done. Um, you know, this is only uh, a continuation measure that was passed this last week. And we got 45 days. I think I think they've only got 16 legislative days in there. Uh, so now a week of that's going to be uh, spent on finding another speaker to get that done. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, uh, Hopefully individuals within Congress can come together, find another leader, a leader that's going to work on a lot of these things that we want to see get done as well, uh, but can bring enough folks together to get it done. But I mean, Kevin McCarthy, he sowed the seeds of his own destruction, right? He agreed to the rule that if he wasn't going to admit, agree to certain concessions, that he would then be you know, subject to a vote to be vacated, right? So, but at the end of the day, like when it comes to the spending, those continuing resolutions, 
I mean, that was the primary reason that was cited by Matt Gates. And and listen, we want that. We want that fixed right now. And I'm I'm tired of waiting. I'm ready for a little anarchy in the GOP. I disagree with that. I think uh, right now, and, and I think uh, um, Senator Schmidt, um, actually on his Twitter timeline, had posted a fantastic video earlier this week on a lot of the brokenness. Uh, I think Chuck Schumer uh, threw down a budget bill with less than a day for them to review on a lot of uh, the spending that Schumer wanted. But none of the spending, you know, again, dealt with any of the border stuff or anything else. A lot of the priorities that I think a lot of Americans have. So uh, fully 100% agree with you that, you know, the budget process in Congress right now is absolutely broken. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, they actually have a vote on how to spend it. And then they have a secondary vote to then fund that spending that they've passed. Um, and so they, they, they put a lot of hurdles and I think uh, um, ways to hold you know, Congress hostage uh, to, to make sure that different political uh, um, uh, adversaries can, uh, can hold things up to try to get what they want out of it. But at the same time though, you're right. Uh, we need to figure out a way to do a budget responsibly, to cut spending, uh, but then also focus on those issues that I think Americans find most important right now, which, you know what, that's putting gas in your car and food on your table. I'm in favor of uh, Donald Trump for the next Speaker of House. How about you? <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think. Uh, don't you, I don't know me. Don't you, I don't know me, Jeremy. Get your butt out here and make a decision. Uh, uh, you know, we've had this discussion here in uh, Jefferson City, too, because uh, I think anyone can serve as Speaker uh, if, yeah. if they selected them. Um, you know, obviously, though, it's going to come from someone within uh, within their own body, within their own caucus. Um, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how this plays out. Um, I'd love to see, you know, maybe one of our own. Let's, you know, let's uh, one of Missouri's favorites. Uh, uh, Jason Smith. I love, yeah, Jason. He'd be he, awesome. He just passed out two great uh, personal option health care bills out of Ways and Means Committee this last week. Uh, did, a, did a bang up job. Hopefully have some bipartisan support. Uh, but huge issues that would uh, increase access and reduce cost of health care. So props to him for that. Uh, and so so uh, so I would love to see that. But, uh, you know, obviously folks are going to be looking at, uh, you know, the current leadership. Uh, Did you see that limp wristed guy that they replaced? Oh, that, him with a temporary guy. Did you see him slam the gavel? I did not. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. That. I've got to pull that up for our, for our audience so they can take a look at this because I, for those who might just be tuning in right now, they have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I'm just going to play this real quick so that the audience can see it. Here he is. This is the guy that they picked to replace him, Patrick McHenry. McHenry. He's the interim chair declares the house and... recess subject to the call of the chair. Oh, he goes out there and he grabs, he grabs a gavel. He's really mad. <laughs> he, he slams it. And these are the people who are supposed to be like the respectable ones that we look for. They're, they're not angry about the border. They're not angry about the debt. They're not angry about the money being spent to Ukraine, right? They're angry about Kevin McCarthy getting ousted. They're, they're angry about their buddy not being able to keep the gravy, gravy train full. What? Uh, you know, as far as even like the spending uh, uh, bills uh, that passed this weekend, they had, you know, they didn't have full Republican support on those either. I think they had less Republican votes, uh, certainly on that, than even the eight that voted against McCarthy. Um, uh, so, so there are a number of Republicans that I think certainly agree with you on that. Uh, but at the same time, I think the point could also be made that, uh, you know, they relied more heavily on Democrats to, for the vote yesterday than they did even on the spending bills over the over this weekend. So uh, again, it's just a continuation. We've got 45 days to, to get some of these budget items fixed. Uh, but at the same time, though, you know, we need to be pushed back against the Biden administration. 
Um, and, and I, and I'm hopeful that, you know, They're, dude, he's, he's the funny thing is about the Biden, the Democrats are own worst enemies, right? Biden is flailing. I mean, he's falling asleep during every press conference, shaking hands with, with people who aren't even there. I mean, at this point I saw Bill Maher last weekend was saying it's time for him to step down. Uh, Cenk Wager of the Young Turks wrote an article in Newsweek calling for, uh, Biden to step down his approval ratings at historic lows. No president has been reelected with the, this historically low approval ratings. At this point in time, we just need the Republicans to not snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. Am I right? I mean, well, and, and, and that's the thing that like, and, and that's even regarding the vote from yesterday, you know, right now, all Republicans have to do is, is put forward a, 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 a sane proposition that, yeah. that Americans would align with. And, and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be Trump. That's it. It's going to be Trump. You know, that's, <laughs> so they're, 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 he has a lot of support across the nation right now and yeah, i know that yeah. you guys like desantis but it's uh and i like desantis too and I, he's definitely my top three but i also have to like we have to deal with the world as it is at some point right and deal with reality no votes have been taken perhaps there will be a miracle that will occur i kind of like vivek ramaswamy to be honest <laughs> I, and i've made a pledge on this show I've never worn a MAGA hat, okay? I have my own version, which is the make taxation theft again hat that I like to wear, and we do sell at apforlibertychop.com, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But I've made a pledge that if, if Trump picks Vivek Ramaswamy to be his VP, I will put a MAGA hat on for the first time uh, on this show. That is my pledge. Um, do you like Vivek? You know, you I, I, I like some of the things that he... Uh, that, he, that, he uh, that he says, a lot of his positions, yes. And so, so I think... I think some of what he does is a little bit fresh. Um, I think also, though, that uh, I think you could also see some of his inexperience in government a little bit, whatever sure. he's speaking. Um, and so, so yeah, so I'm, you know, um, I, I think Vivek would do better than Biden, that's for sure. Mm, that's what, without a doubt. Who else is going out there saying that we need to fire one million federal employees, <laughs> right? I don't hear Donald Trump saying that. No, I, no, I, no. I, you know, we can do that now. Yeah. Fire. I don't think we have a million workers. Fire them yeah, all. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Nice to see all 2,100 of you joining us here live right now. That's more people than used to watch the entire show two months ago who were watching us live. God bless you. Uh, click that like button and subscribe to the channel so you can get updates when we go live. Every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time, the Wake Up America show streams to you the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty. I'm speaking right now in-house to our buddy Jeremy Katie. He's the head of Americans for Prosperity here in the state of Missouri. We're talking a little bit about the vacation of the speaker, if you will. <laughs> he was vacated or ventilated. That's not word. It's historic. Yeah, it's it's historic. Never happened before. No, this is the first time in history. And uh, I, I appreciated what Massey had to say yesterday, too, whenever he got up uh, to speak. I think he had tried to do the same thing with Boehner. <laughs> but uh, but no, this is the first time, um, you know, uh, I, you know, I don't know if just political nerds like us, you know, actually, you know, really look at some of the importance of that. But I mean, this is the first time in history. We saw history yesterday. Yeah, no, for sure. You, lo you love to see it. And uh, honestly, I, I don't mind a little bit of chaos. I know that there's there are important things that need to be focused on. But I kind of look at this as like a little bit of the knife to the throat. You know what I mean? That there, that there are repercussions if you don't follow through with your promises, right? The, the Republican Party base is not with Kevin McCarthy, right? The, the Republican Party base as it is, is more with those ideas of Matt Gates, right? The more with the ideas of Nancy Mace, 
for example, she also voted to vacate uh, Kevin McCarthy. And she's much more of a reasonable character, less of like what people might consider to be a blowhard, right? And 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 uh, listen, I know Thomas Massey was out there calling shots, you know, and he calling balls and strikes and saying, you know, there could be some negative repercussions to that. And I listened to Thomas Massey, but Thomas Massey isn't always right. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't agree with Thomas Massey on his vote to raise the debt ceiling, for example, right? And so I'd like to see... I'd like to see more fire and brimstone from our representatives like Matt Gates, who have the guts to to take a risk. Because here's the thing: he's taken a risk. He's got his he's got a knife to his throat as well. Because I'm pr- pretty sure he's also being investigated in that by the House of Representatives as well, and they're trying to expel him. And a lot of that's political motives. Remember that the kid that they uh, that was in the wheelchair that said that the Republicans were having the the gay cocaine orgies no. in D.C. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I believe him. <laughs> And I think that the reason why they got him out of here, let me pull my Alex, put my Alex Jones tinfoil hat on. I think the reason why they've worked so hard to eject him is not because they were embarrassed by the fact that he was making these things up, but it's because I used to live in Washington, D.C., and I know that the Republicans and the and the people out there in power are having Republic, gay Republican cocaine orgies. I know that they're doing that kind of stuff. That's that's Tuesday on Capitol Hill. You know what I mean? It's it, it, They don't want anybody pulling the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Am I wrong? I uh, I think there's a lot that goes on in D.C. that, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, we have the same issue here in Jefferson City. You know what I mean? Um, you know, whenever people are off the floor. Um, but at the same time, though, I think what we need to be focusing on again is how do we, again, how do we make America great again? How do, how do we make sure that uh, we're getting Americans what they want, reducing those costs, uh, protecting our freedoms, uh, I think that's what we need to be focused on, and I'm I'm hopeful that uh, you're a reasonable man in an, un- in, an unre- in an unreasonable <laughs> party. I used to be quite reasonable until I realized that. I mean, we got to fight fire with fire to some extent, right? I, I spoke to my buddy John Miltimore from Fee, and mm-hmm. he's a very reasonable liberty guy, and uh, you know, he's like, he has, he says, "Do you think that things got better during the Trump years?" Right? And I said yes, and he said no, but he was talking about really like the loss of decorum. But here's the thing, Jeremy, mean tweets don't bother me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say a curse word. I don't often say curse words on this on this show. I don't give a shit, okay? I just want limited government. If it means that the Democrats think that we're all racists and the, and the transgender, the LGBTQs all think that we're homophobes and bigots, I don't give a shit. I just want limited government. If people, if, if all of the feminists are out there crying crying in their cosmopolitan martinis in whatever city that they're, you know, the 34th floor of Manhattan Skyrise, they're all crying and crying about how mean the tweet was. I don't give a (laughs) shit. I just want limited government. I would love to have decorum. I would love to have, like, Ronald Reagan, peace through strength. Those days are gone, right? So, you know, are you willing to sacrifice some decorum if it means we get more limited government? And to your point, you know, there's nothing that says that we can't hold individuals accountable. And I fully 100% agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the things that uh, we try to think about, too, is, you know, for instance, in the state of Missouri, we've been working, like, hard to eliminate the income tax. Like, we don't want it anymore. Uh, we want to be able to compete with states like Texas and Florida and Tennessee and so forth. Uh, you know, Nashville has boomed uh, since Tennessee uh, uh, eliminated their income tax. And so we would like to be on the same playing field as, as them. But at the same time, though, we've got to have Republicans, you know, working together here under the dome of Jefferson City to make sure that that gets done. And so loss of decorum and 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 increased chaos does not lend to that. At the same time, though, um, you know, and 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 you've seen this with America for Prosperity, 
we will go out and support candidates and individuals that will get it done. And, and, and so it's not. But decorum is like a big part of like what the candidates you support. It is. Uh, we, we, we generally look for statesmen that's yes. going to act uh, uh, and treat others with dignity and respect. Absolutely. But at the same time, though, uh, work to move those issues that, that I think all Missourians and I think all most Americans would, would find important. You know, how do we cut our taxes? How do we uh, protect parental rights and ensuring that they can direct the education of their own children? How do we expand access to health care and decrease costs by getting government out of the way? Um, I think those are issues that a lot of Americans, a lot of Missourians uh, find important. And that's how we do it. Here's we the, go okay. in and we talk to voters across the state, across the nation and say, hey, this person's not doing it for you. Let's give it. I agree. This person. You guys do. You guys do an amazing job. And I love the Koch brothers because I am much more. I'm more ideologically aligned with the Koch. Well, I guess one Koch brother at this point. I'm more more ideologically aligned with the Kochs than I am with the Trumps. Mm -hmm. But I think that that there is a misunderstanding of the utility of Trump from our side, the liberty wing of the Republican Party. I think that the, the, this is a misunderstanding of the utility of Trump in that Trump is not a an end. He is a means, right? And and he's kind of like fire, right? A dangerous servant, fearful master in some ways, right? Because Trump can certainly do a lot of things that we don't agree with as libertarians. However, he is a useful cudgel, and in in some ways, when you know some people, you know, you, he's megalomaniacal, right? They say you could say on this. But when he says they're not coming after me, it's not me that they're coming after. It's you. I just happen to be standing in between you, right? That's actually a really good metaphor for what the left is. The left, the left hates us and wants us dead, Jeremy. They want us dead. They call us Nazis. Okay, Jamal Bowman, after he pulled that fire alarm the other day, turned around and says that the Republicans need to be focusing on the Nazis in their own party, right? The guy who got murdered the other day in Philadelphia, this journalist, right, this leftist activist journalist guy. Um, th was famous for calling us all Nazis. When you say and, and say and saying that we should punch Nazis, right? They've legitimized violence, political violence against people like you and I. Mm -hmm. We are the as far from, classical liberals and libertarians is as far from a Nazi as you can get. They don't. They don't give a shit. Okay, we're all Nazis to them, right? They've declared war against us. Violence has been legitimized against us. If Donald Trump hurts their feelings and makes some little girl feminist cry and some some boys who think they're girls cry, right, and makes Democrats like Jamal Bowman, who are race baiters, cry, good, right? They like without without some measure of level of suffering against that or the other party that Donald Trump brings, I, no change will happen. No, change doesn't happen without pain. Milton Friedman, right? It, change is not going to happen until it is absolutely required that it happen. And Donald Trump is like the bull in the China shop. He breaks a lot of the beautiful China that we don't want him to break, but he also breaks a lot of the China that we didn't want to break. And it's better than the status quo. That's my opinion. And and I, I bet, you know, I hope that when he becomes a nominee, if he becomes a nominee, that you guys will get on board because it's going to be chaos. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be fun, Jeremy. Listen, I, I, uh, we're running out of time here at the very end. I do have to say thank you to Burnt Toast Space Girlfriend. She dropped $10 in the tip jar. Thank you, Burnt Toast Space Girlfriend. She says, in all honesty, will yousting Kevin change anything? I'll let you answer that question. Will it change anything? Um, I, I guess that depends. Depends on who becomes uh, the next speaker and, uh, and, and how, how they lead in, in the Missouri House. Uh, or not the Missouri House, but in uh, the U.S. House. Where, where can people follow you online, Jeremy? Uh, Jeremy Katie uh, on Twitter. 
Okay, there you go. Jeremy Katie on Twitter of Americans for Prosperity. Thanks for coming in for joining us for a little bit of chaos today. All right, when we get back, we're going to speak to Judge Napolitano at 8 a.m. Central Time. You don't want to miss Judge Knapp's take on the speaker chaos situation, as well as the gag order issued against Trump for calling the prosecutor in this case Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. (laughs) It's going to be a great show today. Don't miss it on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Phew! How you feeling today? Feeling a little sweaty. I'm glad to have you here. I love seeing all of the comments over there at rumble.com. We appreciate you very much. If you're commenting and you haven't clicked like yet, what for? We could really use it. Help us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. When I've got 2,486 people watching and it's climbing, I know I'm doing the right thing. So do us a favor and give back to the freedom community by clicking that like. And if it's your first time here, and I imagine that for the thousands and thousands of you who are watching, it probably is your first time here. Then don't forget to subscribe before you leave the show today. You can also text us in and let us know what's on your mind at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. One listener texted in says, R-O-C-K in the G-O-P. <laughs> Very funny. It says, R-O-C-K in the USA, my man. Another listener texted in says, ostensibly, representatives, I love that word, ostensibly, representatives should be able to represent their constituents without some demi-executive dictating what gets a vote. Amen. Thank you, Quest. Kim McCurry, her mind is somewhere else this morning. She sent us a text. She says, oh my God, heard NPR on the way in. Russia getting Western, Western culture again because they got the Barbie movie in Russia. No wonder that they hate us if they think that is how we view what the world should be like. Yeah, like the Barbie movie. No, yeah, no, thank you. God! No, God! Please, you can send no, us your text as no, well again. 573 319 1586. Again, you can text the show at 573 319 1586. We're talking about Matt Gates yousting the Speaker of the House in a historic vote in the House of Representatives yesterday. God bless Matt Gates, we say here. On the Wake Up and when America it comes show. to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy oh to fund my... Matt Gates's karate is strong. Let me just tell you something here. Matt Gates gets booed. Why? Right? Not the not for the other things that he was saying. They boo him specifically would grovel for this. And bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have oh boo all you want, who have. Why are they booing him? They're booing him because he's going after the lobbyists and the special interests. Can you imagine the gall of the House of Representatives? The gall of the House to boo him for going after the lobbyists and special interests. But that's exactly what he's doing. In this house, we stand Matt Gates. Mm. His karate is strong. Matt Gates karate, very strong. this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy. God bless. God bless you, Luke Greenheart. Welcome. 
He says, great to see your following grow. I'm new on Rumble and found you recently. Well, we're glad to have you here, brother. Thank you very much for joining us. We hope to see you again every day on the show. It's a great way to start your day. To fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and $30 at a time. And you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve. Yes. And then here's his here's his resistance. Here are the people who are opposing Matt Gaetz. Chair Gaines. declares the House in recess subject to the call of the chair. Look at that. Look at that. He's this is these are the opposition, right? They're mad that their best buddy, Kevin McCarthy, gets yousted from the House of Representatives, right? They're again, they're not angry at the open border. They're not angry at the spending in Ukraine. They're not angry at the justice system going after Donald Trump. They're not angry at the U.S. debt, right? They're not angry over that. This is what gets them angry. Kevin, their buddy, who won't be able to continue to make sure that the gravy train keeps running on time. Watch this limp-wristed nerd the hit the gavel. <laughs> Compare that. Wouldn't you just love to see a karate fight? between matt gates and this nerd what's his name patrick McHenry, mchenry he's the interim speaker the look at this nerd I, I i guarantee you that he had to seek medical help after this because he definitely broke his wrist <laughs> oh god bless matt gates you love to see it uh yeah kevin he gets questions like these uh after this take a listen people have called you a narcissist people say that People have called you on this to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, we are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker. There it is. Yeah, there it is. And you know what that gets you right there. Take a look. Look at here. See this? Look at the look at the lips. Look at the look at the lips. Look at her looking at Matt Gates. Mm, you know how she's feeling right now. Yes. She likes it very much. She's How just dare like, you? turn me on like that, Matt Gates. How, how dare, dare you, you make? How dare you make me feel like that, Matt Gates? How dare you? How dare you? You know how she's feeling right now. All right, it's time for me to talk. The only reason I've been able to keep this show on the air, well, one of the main reasons is because Lear Capital has been a sponsor of the Wake Up America show since we began. Can we give it up to Lear Capital? Let me tell you something. Lear Capital sponsored this show when there were 20 to 30 people watching us live. And I didn't sell a lot of gold then. Um, I'm hoping that I can make it up to them. <laughs> sell a lot of gold for them now to pay them back for investing in the Wake Up America show. Long story short, the only reason Lear Capital like chose me and stuck with me, well, one of the, the main reasons why they chose me is because a long time ago, I used to do favors for Ron Paul. That's the long, the, the, that's the short version of the story. Years later, years later, over a decade later, now, Lear Capital, who have Ron Paul people in it, are like, Austin, we're going to sponsor your show. You did a lot of favors for Ron Paul back in the day. We're going to do a favor for you. And you know what? It's time for me to give back. 
Call them today, 1-800-885-2175. That's 1-800-885-2175. You get a $500 account credit. There's another favor for you. If you're interested in investing in gold and silver, you want to call that number today. They're not going to spam you. They're not going to call, blow up your phone all the time. I promise. Call them at 1-800-885-2175. Do the little dance. Do the monkey dance. 1-800-885-2175. It's a great way to secure your financial future. And my friend over there says, you can't eat gold, get water, and dehydrated food. Get both, right? I like to diversify my portfolio. Get some guns. Get some ammunition. Get some dehydrated food and water. Get some gold and silver. Get a nice uh, portfolio in the stock market. Buy some bonds. Buy some treasuries. I get some real estate. It's good to have a little bit of everything. Do you have gold in your portfolio? It's a great way to hedge against inflation. Call them today. 1-800-885-2175. That's 1-800-885-2175. All right. Well, when we get back, Judge Napolitano's in the house. Here comes the judge. We're going to talk to him about the speaker fight in the house, what his take is on it, on the gag order that was put on Donald Trump because he called the prosecutor Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. It's friggin' hilarious. We'll talk about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. All right. Well, we came back early from the commercial break because we're so excited to talk together. My good friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano, is the host of the Judging Freedom podcast. You can download it on any of your mobile devices. I highly recommend that you do so. Tune in. It's destination listening for any liberty lover, especially if you want to get caught up on what's happening in geopolitics, specifically the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. But he does talk a lot about a lot of other issues as well and read his weekly column at judgenap.com. Joining us now, a hero for liberty here in the United States, around the world, and of course, for me personally. Good, Good morning, morning Judge. Judge. Nice to see you again. Good morning, Austin. A pleasure uh, to be with you and uh, with your viewers and listeners. <laughs> Judge, um, I, yesterday, Mark Levin went out on Fox News and says that he called uh, Matt Gates and the other Republicans who voted against uh, Speaker McCarthy he said that they were anarchists in the GOP. He was bringing about anarchy. They should be focused on all these other things, like trying to get this, take control of the Senate, et cetera, et cetera. And then he's making us all look like fools. Um, how do you feel about it? Uh, I, I supported the behavior of the uh, eight or 12, I forget what the final number was, uh, Republicans who voted to oust Speaker McCarthy. What is the value of having Republicans take over numerically the House of Representatives if they're going to continue to enact, in many cases, word for word and dollar for dollar, the same legislation that Mrs. Pelosi and her crew uh, enacted uh, a year ago? Uh, I thought it was a, a great move, a great lesson, a great moment uh, in history, and quite frankly, uh, about time. Uh, I don't want to single people out, but I have to. I was disappointed in the heir to Ron Paul's spot in the House, Thomas Massey, who's a longtime dear friend of mine and one of us, but for some reason best known to him, uh, voted for uh, McCarthy. In terms of uh, Mark Levin, whom I've known for years, I profoundly, profoundly uh, disagree with him. If the Republicans are going to stand for anything, it should be constitutional government and fiscal sanity. And McCarthy stood for the opposite. God bless you, Judge. Amen. Let's give it up to Judge Napolitano. We knew we could count on him to stand with us. 
Quite frankly, Judge, I think that the GOP could use a little bit of anarchy in the House of Representatives. But well, I, I was going to go there. I was going to say, uh, Mark, that is a flattering statement to call us anarchists. <laughs> Don't threaten us with a good time. <laughs> Judge, uh, I, I was very proud of Matt Gates's uh, behavior. I think he was very brave in doing this. And I know that he's also being investigated by the House of Representatives himself. But I think that these tactics are necessary. We need to have the proverbial knife to the throat of these representatives because the Speaker of the House, now with all of the rule changes, and our, our mutual friend Justin Amash used to complain about this frequently, the Speaker of the House has become too powerful. Nothing gets to the floor of the House of the Representatives without, without the Speaker of the House's approval. And so it's it sort of, to me, this is the way I explained it, it was like a veto power against the speaker's veto power. It was a proper check and balance and proper Absolutely. use of authority. Absolutely. I mean, members of Congress are by and large gutless, and they have allowed presidents of the United States to take constitutional power away from the Congress, and just as they have allowed speakers of the House of Representatives to take constitutional, moral, political, legal power uh, away from them. They don't want to take the heat when they do something that is unpopular, but they'll grab the credit when somebody else does something that's popular and they uh, jump on the bandwagon. So just as Congress as a whole has allowed presidents to declare and, and fight wars and to spend money, all of which was never authorized by the Congress, individual uh, parties in the House have allowed speakers of the House uh, to, um, to act as many tyrants uh, when it comes to what's going on there. The House of Representatives is the people's house. You can't even stand up and debate something for more than a minute, 60 seconds under the rules that they have in the House. I'm not suggesting you should be able to talk forever as they do in the Senate. Maybe you should. Maybe it's better when nothing happens in the government. We have 5,500 criminal laws. Do we really need them, write, need them writing any more laws every day? Of course not. So the Congress is stymied and nothing will happen this week. That's a great week. <laughs> Judge, I love it. You just don't hear this anywhere else other than his own podcast, of course. If you enjoy this content that you're hearing uh, from me, your host, Austin Peterson, and my guest and good friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano, don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel here on Rumble. We love to see all 2,000 of your beautiful, bright, shining faces, if we could. Maybe you'll be able to see us in person one day. Uh, judge, the uh, judge in the, I, I don't like to call any other judge well, you, the you judge. And I should do a, you and I should do a gig in person one day in front of your audience and mine. Somewhere, somehow, I don't know, yeah, we'll work it out. We will, for sure. Judge, I want to uh, uh, talk to you about, I, I don't like to call anybody else the judge because you are the judge, uh, but the judge in the case uh, that Donald Trump is sitting in right now in uh, court has issued a gag order against him after Donald Trump says that the prosecutor is Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. <laughs> Your thoughts? <laughs> well, it actually, it, he, it, Trump said that the judge's law clerk oh. was Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. So that's the hook on which the judge, the judge in the case, hangs his hat. Trump uh, is free to say whatever he wants about the trial judge and about the prosecutor. 
but he is not free to attack the prosecutor's staff under court rules because these people are not public figures. The judge is a public figure. He's got a megaphone and he can respond. Uh, the attorney general is a public figure. She has a megaphone and she can respond. But the basically nameless, faceless support staff of the uh, of the court, they are not uh, public uh, figures. Uh, they are not held up to uh, public ridicule. They're the people that keep the the wheels of the courthouse running. That's the judge's argument. I, I never issued a gag order because I believe that the First Amendment means uh, what it says. And if you happen to be in the vortex of some uh, public event voluntarily or involuntarily, that's just uh, part of life in America where we have a First Amendment. So would I have issued the gag order? Absolutely not. But under the laws of the state of New York and the United States of America, does the judge have the authority to issue the, ja the gag order? Yes. Would most judges have issued it? Absolutely. Uh, quite frankly, I've never seen or heard of a law clerk being attacked. I don't know why uh, Trump uh, went after her. Uh, she is someone who uh, is in charge of filing uh, documents and getting research for the judge. She doesn't make any decisions uh, whatsoever, but something about her piqued his curiosity or his ire. And well, under our uh, system, you have the right to manifest that which piques your curiosity or your ire. Judge, I really think people are confused. The American people are very confused. All of the allegations, the indictments, and you know, what ninety-one now counts is what he's been brought up on. As to what's going on in this particular case in New York, can you just give us a brief summary so people can understand what's happening here? Yes, yes. So, uh, if you and or or I uh, were to ask a bank to loan us money. And were and the bank said, OK, you got to pledge some property for security in case you don't pay. We can seize the property and sell it, and pay ourselves back. That's a standard operating procedure. Uh, and we deceived the bank about the value of the property. We tricked the bank into believing that the property was worth more than it was. And the bank uh, foolishly accepted that evaluation and loaned us more money than they would have uh, loaned us had they known the true value of it, that's called bank fraud, a material misrepresentation relied upon by somebody else. Here's the second part of the definition, to their detriment. It would be to their detriment if we didn't pay the loan back. They went to sell the property and found out, oops, this is worth less than, than the amount we were told and less than what we loaned this guy. But when the bank is paid back in full, and doesn't have to seize the property that was pledged as security for the loan. The bank made money. The lender made money. Everybody walks away from the deal very happy. That's Trump's defense. And for the most part, that's what happened. He did exaggerate and in some cases grossly exaggerated the size and value of the assets he was pledging. But he paid his loans back. Now, the state of New York has a statute goes back to the, I hate to use this word, but it's what they called it, the progressive era in American politics. So the statute's about 100 years old. And it says if someone repeatedly engaged in bank fraud and the banks did not sue and the person got away with it, even if there was no harm, the attorney general of the state of New York can sue the person who perpetrated the fraud for the profit he made 
over what he would have made had he not engaged in the deceptive behavior. Now, if you if you look at everything the Trump organization has done in the past six years, according to the government, the excess profit derived from tricking the banks into lending more than they should have, because some of those loan the loan money went directly into Donald Trump's pocket. The excess profit, excess, was over a billion. And the state is asking the court to force Trump to disgorge a quarter of that, which is 250 million. Not every state has this statute. Most states don't. Most states take the more Jeffersonian position. This was a voluntary commercial transaction. The banks have their own uh, appraisers. The banks do their own uh, due uh, diligence. If no one was harmed, then the government should stay entirely out of this. But New York has this statute, which has been used in the past, and she's using it again. Did Trump dupe the banks? Absolutely. Did he engage in bank fraud? Yes, he did. Did anybody lose a nickel over it? For the most part, no. I say for the most part, Austin, because there's a second category of what he did. I'm sorry this explanation is so long. And the second category has to do with LLCs. So every time he engaged in a commercial transaction, he started a new LLC, Limited Liability Corporation. And the LLC, not Donald Trump personally and not the Trump organization, borrowed the money. And then the money was spent on fixing up uh, buildings and paying Trump a management fee. And then he collapsed the LLC. And then he didn't pay the bank back. And then the bank had nowhere to go to seize assets because the LLC didn't exist anymore. In those cases, the banks were harmed. They did not sue. They wrote it off as the cost of doing business. And some of them loaned him money again after this happened. Judge, that's that's the case in a nutshell. It's a big nutshell. I apologize for the lengthy explanation. No, it's okay, Judge. I I just uh, I'm curious what you think the outcome of something like this might be. Well, the judge has already found this. This is a statute that does not provide for a jury trial, um, which, in my view, is also unconstitutional. However, all states have these uh, commercial statutes and commercial courts where supposedly you get a very quick sort of down and dirty right away decision from a judge as opposed to protracted discovery and 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 the duration of a jury trial. So this judge, who's the judge and the jury in the case, already ruled last week as a matter of law that Trump engaged uh, in uh, deceptive practices. Uh, and he put a hold on Trump's uh, licenses because he has many of them to engage in the practice of real estate uh, in the state of New York. And he will probably appoint a receiver uh, to receive and uh, and manage those properties and ultimately uh, to sell the ones that the Trump organization owns. So liability has already been resolved. The trial is to find out exactly if the state is correct in that one billion excess profit. And if the state is, what would be a fair amount to confiscate from the Trump organization and give it to the state. So this is, you know, you have heard me rant and rave against conspiracy statutes where no one was harmed by definition. Conspiracy is just a thought crime. The state claims itself as the victim in conspiracy statutes. The state is claiming itself as the victim uh, in this uh, Trump case. He didn't harm a hair on the head of anybody. I am not defending his business practices. 
But if the people he supposedly duped did not sue him, who the hell is the state to come in and sue in their behalf and then take the money to itself? You think the state is going to give the $250 million to the people that Trump duped? Of course not. The state's going to give the money to the state treasury. Spooner, uh, it reminds me of a... Um of a quote from Lysander Spooner, where he says that the government is like a highwayman, highwayman that says your money or your life. I mean, in this in this sense, it really is just the government performing a robbery on him. You know, Murray uh, Rothbard used to say there's three ways uh, to uh, achieve wealth. One is by trading uh, your sweat and your uh, talent for someone who will pay you like you and I do. One is because you were fortunate enough to inherit it. And the other is the mafia model, uh, your money or your life. Which model does the government use? I think we all know that one for sure. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Make sure that you click that like button and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the commentary that you're hearing right now. It's Big Brain Time with Judge Andrew Napolitano, who joins us every Wednesday morning here on the show at 8 a.m. Central Time. So if you enjoy the judge's commentary, Make sure that you come back every Wednesday to hear us have these kinds of conversations where we sometimes do dwell, uh, delve into libertarian philosophy and you hear uh, philosophers and economists quoted like Murray Rothbard and Lysander Spooner. You probably won't hear that anywhere else other than perhaps Save the Judge's own podcast, which he does, Judging Freedom, and you can download that on your mobile devices. Judge, your column this week I thought was quite fascinating. I am a collector of antiquity. Um, most of the items that I like to collect um, happen to be military surplus firearms. Sometimes I uh, am unable to find a piece that is here in the United States. Most of what I'm interested in are, are artifacts from World War II, and not all of the types of firearms that were used in World War II made their way back here to the homeland, so I sometimes attempt to source them from overseas where laws will allow me to do so. That is a very dangerous activity for me to engage in, of course, because it appears that at least since the Patriot Act, perhaps even before, the FBI can, without a warrant, spy on my communications with overseas dealers, can they not? Yes. Yes, it's the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which was enacted in 1978. But this is a Bush, George W. Bush, uh, Dick Cheney era amendment after 9-11. The act uh, was amended to allow uh, American surveillance, that's spies, NSA, and law enforcement, FBI, uh, to monitor communications that Americans have with foreign persons, whether the foreign persons are physically in the U.S., digitally in the U.S., or telephonically in the U.S. So if you call a gun dealer in Berlin, because this gun dealer has uh, advertised a particular artifact that you're interested in, uh, the FBI will monitor that, and then the FBI can monitor what you say. And it does all of this without a warrant. Section 702 is about to expire. It, it exists every five years. I'll tell you a funny story. Five years ago, almost to the day, when I was still at Fox and on air four or five uh, times a day, the Congress voted to reenact 702. At this very time of day, I looked into the camera and I said, Mr. President, veto that style, a lot of hell from management, but I said it anyway, veto that uh, reenactment. This is the type of spying that they did on you. This is as blatant a violation of the Fourth Amendment as there can be. 
The Congress can't change the Constitution, and the Constitution protects the privacy of everyone, good people, bad people, American people, foreign people. He tweets, that's it. I'm vetoing it. Oh, my God. Within about an hour, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, um, Mike Pence were all in his office changing his mind. And he said to a senator that you and I know well, his name I don't want to mention, I got to call you up. The president really feels bad about this, but they twisted his arm. And even though he said he was going to take your advice on uh, in Twitter, now he can't. And he's got to sign this thing. I don't know what the hell they said to him, but it is a blatant violation of the Constitution and it expires this Christmas time. And its principal opponent is a congressman from Ohio who just happens to be the chair of the House Judiciary Committee and may very well be the next speaker of the House, Jim Jordan. I don't agree with him on everything, but I certainly agree with him on this, that this is this is fanatically and on its face a violation of the Constitution and should be permitted to die a natural death. Ah, last week, Joe Biden sent a letter to the uh, Congress. I want this thing reenacted. Last week, uh, members of the Intelligence Committee began lobbying members of Congress about why this thing can't die. Why, without the ability to spy, without a warrant, America will be a less safe place. Well, who will keep our liberties safe? When the Congress can cut holes in the Constitution, they have sworn to preserve, protect, and defend. Judge, I can't uh, disagree with anything you've said there. If you enjoy what the judge is saying, make sure you click like and subscribe to the channel here on Rumble. I'm your host, Austin Peterson, here on the Wake Up America show. Judge, I have you for just a few more minutes. I'd like to ask you, have you followed the Republican primary much at all? And, and have you seen uh, or heard... And, and listen to some of the things that have been said by the young Vivek Ramaswamy. For example, when he said that we should fire a million federal employees. Did you hear that? I did hear him say that. And of course, I share that uh, sentiment. I mean, the laws have been written to prevent him from doing that. So he doesn't have the authority uh, to do it on his own. But if by that he means not to fund those departments... He, of course, and a Congress have the authority uh, to do that. He doesn't have a line item veto. But if he were elected, presumably his mentality would also be elected uh, in Congress. I mean, the federal uh, bureaucracy, the part of the government that never changes, whether it's deep state or whether it's janitors in some office building that nobody uses, the federal, federal bureaucracy is just there uh, and it saps uh, resources and Almost all of it is unconstitutional and none of it is necessary. So I share with the sentiment, but it's not going to be easy for him to do that without public sentiment behind it. Do you like Ramaswamy? No, I think he's oh. a pain in the neck. But okay. that's just a that's just a <laughs> that's just a personal uh, attitude. And who do I want? I don't know. Who I want. I want whoever is going to shrink the government. Thomas Massey. Whoever's going to shrink the government down to the size of the constitution and none of them is going to do that you know trump's an authoritarian christie is a big government uh, republican pence thinks the whole world should be uh, uh protestants uh nikki haley never met a war she didn't like i mean these people are from another world and, and and then the other side you got joe biden you know where is a ron paul where is somebody who says the constitution means what it says yeah that's yeah, I would. I ran in 2016, Judge. But I, I wanted to ask you though, what your thoughts are on this. the The best argument that I've heard 
for the re-election of Donald Trump is that with so many knives to his throat, with so many public enemies against him, with the deep state and the bureaucracy against him, we know he didn't drain the swamp last time. And I, I don't want to be accused of being Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. Lucy is going to let us kick the football this time. However, I will say that the incentives are now for his own survival that he eviscerate the institutions and organs of the federal government who have betrayed him, spied on him, lied about him, arrested him, you know, his, him and his, uh, his political allies, and, you know, locked them up without trial. That the, the re-election of Donald Trump to make him the next Grover Cleveland, if you will, puts him in a situation where, like a bull in a china shop, he will destroy. He, like Samson in the Bible, Judge, brings down the temple walls, perhaps even on his own head, but down come the temple walls. That's the best argument I've heard for the re-election of that, Donald that, Trump. That's, that's a legitimate argument that a lot of um, libertarians accept. I'm on the opposite uh, side of that. Uh, you know, we have chaos in the world and in America today. And it's very dangerous because chaos leads to authoritarianism. And I don't trust anybody uh, with that kind of authority. But I understand your argument, and it is uh, appealing. That which he couldn't get away with first time around because he was going to run for re-election, he might be able to get away with the second time around in the White House because he can't run. Uh, for re-election. So he might not uh, care uh, what the public thinks about his dismantling of the government. Is the deep state a danger? Absolutely, profoundly, it's a danger. Can he appoint a director of the FBI who will dismantle the FBI? I'm raising my hand, Mr. President. I'll take the job. <laughs> <laughs> You're in, Judge. I would hire you in a second. Uh, you're one of the only people I'd trust to do it. Judge, who do you have coming up on your amazing and incredible Judging Freedom podcast? I have the great Scott Ritter at 3.30 uh, Eastern today, how it is now um, whispered amongst all military people and diplomats in the West, below the radar screen, Ukraine has lost the war. Everybody except Joe Biden and, and Victoria Nuland and uh, Jake Sullivan now uh, recognize that. I don't know if they recognize it inwardly. But it's talked about openly uh, in Europe today. 3.30 uh, Eastern, Scott Ritter. Another, like you, fearless and courageous person. Judge, there are very few men that I've known in my entire life, my 42 years, that I could count and say, that I could say very openly and uh, deeply how much I love. And I do love you, Judge. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for fighting for freedom. People like you give me hope. We appreciate you. Right back at you. Thank you, Austin. Until next Wednesday. Thank you. Until next Wednesday, that's Judge Andrew Napolitano. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. And maybe it's time for you guys to check out apforlibertyshop.com. Have you guys seen our awesome No Lives Matter shirt? They've been selling like hotcakes, so we're going to run out of these things. And if you guys have been thinking about getting one, you better get one today because you want to get it in time for Halloween, of course. It's time to get a little sexy. It, well, you know, you provide the sexy, I provide the shirt. If you're looking for a great cost-effective costume this Halloween season, we've got a ton of great Halloween merchandise over at ap4libertyshop.com. That's at AP number four, ap4libertyshop.com. We've got the No Lives Matter shirt. The government is scary shirt as well. So I recommend that if you want to get the government shirt, it just says government in scary letters that you just walk around the Halloween party and say, 
I'm here to help. <laughs> We've also got a great Halloween shirt that says that due to inflation, this is my Halloween costume. So check it out at apforlibertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four. AP4LibertyShop.com. Get your No Lives Matter shirt. I've seen people's eyebrows raising when I wear this around town. So just imagine all the funny looks you're gonna get and great laughter. You can you're gonna be able to tell if somebody has a good sense of humor when they see you wearing our awesome Michael Myers AP4 Liberty Shop shirt. No lives matter. Live Michael Myers. There you go. Bring in the sexy. Bring in the sexy. All right. We've got Cliff Maloney is going to be joining us coming up next to talk more about Kevin McCarthy getting yousted as Speaker of the House. I'll tell you, he's got an interesting point of view on it that we haven't heard from anyone else. And you'll only hear it here exclusively on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, Rise and Freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Today is October the 4th, 2023. We're glad to have you here. Hope you're feeling good today. Good. Well, nice. Studio audience is happy. Make sure that you click that like button and subscribe to the channel. If you love economic freedom and personal liberty, that's what we're all about. Well, Matt Gates yous Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Maybe he's got a new girlfriend now, as you can see here in this video, Ilhan Omar. Taking a look at that juicy man meat, licking her lips as she looks at that conservative. I guess the first question for my next guest Cliff Maloney, who is a former Ron Paul and Rand Paul staffer, is joining us now. Are we conservative and libertarian men just hotter? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's something about a little revolution that I think even the socialists enjoy. Um, and it, it was fascinating to watch. You know, the Republicans wouldn't let Matt Gates take any of the podiums on their side, right? I mean, real estate's uh, important when it comes to the optics of politics. So it was very funny to see you know, during his speech or, or the, the debate, the Democrats are sitting behind him. Right. But it was very interesting. They probably only agreed with maybe maybe five to 10 percent of the things he said, um, but they didn't care. You know, they, they know that this is political uh, capital for them uh, when it comes to being able to have this talking point of Republicans in disarray. Well, that's what uh, Mark Levin was saying yesterday. He was out there on on Fox saying that this is an example. These are anarchists who have taken over the GOP and it's not helping us and making us look like fools. What would you say to that? I'd say there's a couple strategies here, but the one strategy you can have is to think that Kevin McCarthy is some sort of principled conservative or that he has done some sort of great job. I mean, that's where I think that the uh, Republicans made a mistake. I mean, if you listen to this debate, and I recommend anyone that is interested in the political process watches the debate between Republicans and Republicans when they were just about to have the vote to remove McCarthy. Because what happens is Matt Gates, he really is a great orator, right? And he really just made some of these old white dudes look like they are so out of touch. And to be frank, they are. I mean, you had a lot of people getting up saying, well, Kevin McCarthy, this is the most conservative policy we've had in decades. Kevin McCarthy, the best border security. It's like, hold on a second. Turn on Fox News and all of you go on there screaming that the border is wide open every day. So what has changed? So watching that and having uh, Matt Gates really dive in on some of the key things that have just happened for decades, there are a couple strategies. The first being, if you're Matt Gates. He's not in the bubble. He's, he's past the point of thinking that D.C. can work. And what he's saying is, 
We have to break it. We have to break the system. We have to break the process. And that's his strategy. Whereas then you have other folks, Thomas Massey, a great friend of ours who has a different strategy, which is, hey, listen, I'm still working within the system. And I think I've got a pragmatic alternative that would cut spending for the first time in three decades. But then you have others who say, well, we should raise it 10% or, you know, I mean, some of these Democrats want to boost it 30, 35%. But the first two strategies I'm on board with, what I'm not on board with is this idea of just continuing to go along and bowing down to the talking point, which is what it is, of chaos being a problem. We already have chaos. And Matt Gates made this point, 33 trillion in debt. Americans being spied on, troops in 120 countries. That's the chaos. No kidding. Yeah, for sure. But when it comes to the um, the position of Speaker of the House, you know, let's talk about that Thomas Massey strategy for for a moment. Uh, I, I didn't quite understand the way that he was laying th- this out, that this wasn't necessarily going to change our position. But I just saw this more as like, you know, holding these people accountable to their promises so that the next speaker, whoever it is, knows that if they want to if they want to do the job and stay in that position and and not be embarrassed, then they better do what they say they're going to do when they got nominated. So can you talk us through the Thomas Massey view of this? Yeah, if, if, if I'm him, I'm probably saying that the alternative is likely going to be not in agreement with the Freedom Caucus, Massey types. The alternative is going to be how do we peel away 10 Democrats, right? Maybe offering Democrats chairmanships. I mean, this is what happens in Texas, right? This is why some people are saying that's the thing that could backfire. In Texas, Republicans have a majority of everything, but Democrats run the state house. And the way they do that is they peel off 10 or 15 weak Republicans, team up with all the Democrats, right? And there's different ways you can maneuver this. So I actually think the next speaker, you know, I, I am I am one to believe that it will be somebody outside of the body uh, if we are to get to that. I think they need to find somebody who hasn't, you know, upset members of the caucus, somebody that's kind of seen as a neutral dealer. Or I keep saying this, I do think Donald Trump is an option. I, I said this way before it was cool to say this. And the reason I say that is not because I'm out here saying I want Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. I'm not even saying Donald Trump wants to be Speaker of the House. But what I'm saying is I do understand what motivates politicians. I've worked with these congressmen. I've seen it. They all act the same, minus a few. And what I mean by that is they care about their election and their re-election. And if Donald Trump is up, and it really is a clear vote of for or against Trump, a lot of these Republicans, they don't like Trump in private, but they run as Trump Republicans. Their Republican voters have an approval rating of Trump at nearly 100%. So I do think it will either be some sort of outsider or you have a handful of people in the body that are able to talk to both the McCarthy holdouts and the McCarthyites. One of those people is Thomas Massey. One of those people is Byron Donalds. You've got Jim Jordan. There's a couple of those that maybe they're able to maneuver. But I'm afraid we probably end up, when all is said and done, with some sort of mccarthy light establishment type that's either teamed up with the Democrats or hopefully... He's given very hard promises, Austin, like you said, and the incentive structure of what just happened to Kevin gives them a fair warning. Stuff, yeah. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. I love it. Let's give him a round of applause. That's Cliff Maloney talking right now. And he is a former Ron Paul and Rand Paul staffer. I'm your host of the Wake Up America show, Austin Peterson. I imagine for the 1,000 plus people who are watching us live right now, 
For many of you, it's the very first time that you're probably watching the show. We're glad to have you here. We'd love to have you come back and join us. Make sure that you click that like button and subscribe to the channel here at rumble.com to help us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. And it's also a great way to start your day. We're live Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central, five days a week. It's a great way to get all of the best political news content, gossip, drama, and uh, plenty of hot libertarian babes joining us as well on the show. Studio 314 just dropped uh, $5 in the tip jar. Thank you for that, Studio. Things like that help keep us running here. He says, always good to see Cliff on the show. Great segment. Thank you very much for that. We always appreciate Cliff taking time for us, even when he's out of town. Um, so what's the next steps here? So we we want to see a, you know, McCarthy light, for example, probably the best case scenario, somebody who actually might push it through. But what I'm hearing from the Mark Levins of the world and the critics of this, what they're saying is that nothing's going to change. They're still going to fund Ukraine. They're still going to spend the the money. You know, they're, they're still going to do continuing resolutions. This changes nothing. Do you agree with them? No, I don't, because I think we don't have an idea yet of who the speaker will be. Right. I think we need to see it. I think it'll be very drastic. It'll either be, hey, the speaker won because of Democrats or B, the speaker won because of the Freedom Caucus. And those are two very, very different scenarios. Right. So I think until we get there, we won't know. But I really think it's funny when the establishment, I got to give you credit here, Austin, because I think alternative media has allowed people like Matt Gates to be able to communicate right to the masses about some of these processes and why they're so broken. And so this talking point that for years would work, oh, well, you know, we can't shut the government down. You just gave a six-week vacation. Like, what are you talking about? You guys work, you don't work a French work week. You work a one-day work week. Like, it's insanity that these folks act like they're working hard for the American people. So that talking point is out. The second talking point that I think is absolutely hilarious is this idea that, you know, they're going to say that Republicans are in disarray. Look, that might be the case, but normal people, soccer moms, people trying to put food on the table and pay their mortgage, they care about the economy, right? Us libertarians, we hate that. We wish they, they talked more about liberty and the Constitution and our freedoms. But the reality is, if you want to be impactful or effective, you need to realize that voters care about the economy. And who in voters' minds controls the economy? It's the president. Not endorsing that, not saying it's true, but that's how people think. The economy is owned by the president. And so I just think that that talking point that, oh, Republicans shut down the House, that's going to be too much to get to voters. The economy is going to be what impacts it. And I still think that'll be the major driving issue going into the election. Here's the thing. For a while, I thought that, you know, 2024, if it's Trump versus Biden, would probably be a repeat of 2020. But I'm changing my mind on that, Cliff. I, I think that things are starting to change. I'm seeing more weakness in Biden than I expected. And I think more people are saying the same thing as approval ratings are in the toilet. When it comes to Donald Trump's ability to beat Joe Biden, I almost feel as if if Donald Trump could win as long as he doesn't do anything too crazy, that it seems as if the, that the strategy here is to just not snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. What I'm seeing in the polls, I mean, they say that that was an outlier, that Washington Post poll where he was beating Biden by like 10 points, for example. That's probably, you know, much higher than it actually would end up being. But we are starting to see that trending that way. I think it is indicative of that. And the Democrats are freaking out. The Young Turks, Jenk Wager, writes in Newsweek, he needs to step down. Bill Maher says he, he doesn't need to go run for a second term. 
I don't know if he's physically capable of doing it. Honestly, the only thing I fear at this point right now is that they replace him with Gavin Newsom. I think that the Republicans' best bet to win at this point is if Joe Biden is the candidate again. Do you think I'm right on that, or would, what would you like to add? No, you're spot on. I think a lot of people are talking about the Republican primary, but to me, it's the Democrat primary, right? That is what determines this election. I think Donald Trump, look, you can look at polling and you can say that different candidates would perform well in different states. I mean, I care about a lot of down ballot races. And so the person at the top of the ticket is very, very important, right? That's that's something that you might not be involved in that specific race, but in a state like New Hampshire, you go from having maybe 20 to 30 swing districts to 100 swing districts, depending on what the top of the ballot looks like, right? And you can look at this 2018 versus 20 versus 22. So I think you're spot on that the, the question of Joe Biden being the nominee that is the question. Now, I've heard people like Michelle Obama. We've heard Gavin Newsom. I'm sure Eric Swalwell want to put his name in the the, in the hat here. Uh, that guy's so out of touch with reality. But I do think, and I mean this, I don't think it's as simple as people think it is. I know that people say Biden's a puppet. There's nothing going on upstairs. Obama or Joe Biden runs the White. Yeah, of course he's not making real decisions. But you've built your entire party around Joe Biden. You've built your entire infrastructure, you know, and so getting people to endorse against him or getting people to donate against him, it's almost impossible. You have to legitimately get him to step down. Now, they could do that, but I just think it's, it's much more difficult than people think because, look, if political strategists picked who the nominee was, you know, you would have never had Trump in 2016, right? If political strategists picked the nominee, I mean, elections would look completely different. And to think that people vote, but based on the general election, I have bad news for us Liberty folks out there. It's not the case because a lot of our candidates would do much better in the general. That is not how it works. You have to win a primary, then you move on to the general. But Austin, I think that is the question. I think a lot of polling is showing that. Who will be the Democrat nominee? I think Trump is likely to be the 47th president of the United States. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I got to give it up to Rand's lower over on the live stream chat. He says, I'll be back. No, it's not Arnold, but a first timer liking your show. I'm a staunch Republican with libertarian friends. Good platform, Austin. Good. Glad to have you here, brother. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to that channel. Makes it a lot easier to find us. We are at rumble.com slash AP for Liberty with 999 people watching. Come on, let's get ourselves up over a thousand. Click that like button. We have been over a thousand for the majority of the show. We had 2,000 a little bit earlier. It's just wild how much the show has grown. And of course, it's thanks to our awesome content, I think a decent host, and incredible guests like the ones who are joining us right now. We've got Cliff Maloney online. He's a former Ron Paul and Rand Paul staffer, so you know he's one of us, a true North, true Blue Liberty lover, and he helps to get other Liberty lovers like ourselves elected around the country. How about a little update for the inside baseball uh, people there? Because we, of course, we love Jamie Marie Pope down in Louisiana, and we're rooting for her. Her primary is coming up. Are there any good Liberty Republicans, perhaps, or any good Libertarians that are out there running, Cliff? And what races are you kind of watching uh, around the country right now? I mean, Jamie Marie Pope, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot going on. I think what you've got to see is Jamie down in Louisiana, there's a couple of those. And for those listening, Louisiana has off-year uh, state legislative elections. Um, there's only four states that do that, Louisiana being one of them. And they have a very odd way of doing it because it's very late. I mean, most states have had a primary by now. Louisiana has not. So Jamie's on the ballot. There's a couple others down there. We're rooting for them. Um, I, I mean, right now, I think you've got to look nationally. 
uh, at some of the states where you see these huge liberty caucuses, you know, people lined up that are extremely impactful. Um, and so I would just share with you, you know, you've got states like Missouri that have some awesome people uh, at the state level. You've got states like New Hampshire, states like Idaho. Okay, Idaho is kind of this this gem that people don't talk about. Um, Idaho, 12 Liberty state senators took out rhinos on primary night in 2022. Now, I would call it the sniper maneuver. It's now done. You can't hide anymore, right? So I'm sure they're going to be smacking back as hard as they can. But I think you do have a lot of these states, and that's one of the things I'm focused on, is trying to go into some of these states and find one where we can adopt liberty principles and make them real laws, right? A state where we can show an example. And I think if you do that, obviously, you've got groups like the Free State Project in New Hampshire. But if you team all that together and we create a liberty state where people see that our principles boost the quality of life, bring down the cost of living, Right. And just, you know, we, we bring jobs and companies into these states. It's going to set an example. And I think I have found uh, for anyone who actually thinks public policy is the way forward, some people don't, and that's fine. The way to do it is to lead by example. I think we've been screaming for a while about why policies don't work. And I think you're seeing this now with social media and big tech, right? Alternatives are what have solved these problems, right? Creating our own economies. I think we have to do that in a state. We have to go in, let's adopt some liberty principles, make a proof of concept, and then say to others, hey, you should really try this out. It works. Love it. Absolutely. And love to see it over there on the Rumble chat. Sign of Jonah drops $25 in the tip jar. Brother, thank you. He says, God is awesome. Give it up to her sign of Jonah and give it up to God. Cliff Maloney is joining us live right now here on the Wake Up America show. And I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad and grateful to have Cliff Maloney joining us as a former Ron Paul, Rand Paul staffer. We've been talking a little bit about the youster of Kevin McCarthy uh, by Florida Republican Matt Gates. We talk a little bit about um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and we're talking a little bit about libertarians who are running uh, around the country. That's what we believe in. Um, Cliff, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? Anything you'd like to plug to the thousand people watching us live right now? Yeah, CliffMaloney.com. If you're looking to run for office, if uh, you know somebody that's a liberty candidate. Uh, love building plans, love strategizing, uh, and most importantly, love to win. That needs to be the key for all you lo Liberty lovers. CliffMaloney.com. Austin, appreciate you as always. Thank you, Cliff. Thanks for getting up early and joining us here. I know you're on the road, but we're glad that uh, you took some time for us and glad the internet worked. Appreciate you. Take care. Thanks very much. What do you think of Cliff Maloney? Send us a text at 573 319-1586. Mr. Speaker, my friend from Oklahoma says that my colleagues and I who don't support Kevin McCarthy would plunge the house and the country into chaos. Chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. The one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common, Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. I think $33 trillion in debt is chaos. 
I think that facing a $2.2 trillion annual deficit is chaos. I think that not passing single-subject spending bills is chaos. I think the fact that we have been governed in this country since the mid-90s by continuing resolution and omnibus is chaos. And the way to liberate ourselves from that is a series of reforms to this body that I would hope would outlast Speaker McCarthy's time here would outlast my time here and would outlast either of our majorities. Reforms that I have heard some of the most conservative members of this body fight for and some of the reforms that we've been battling for that I've even heard those in the Democrat caucus say would be worthy and helpful to the House, like open amendments, like understanding what the budget is. We have been out of compliance with budget laws for most of my life. Most of many of your lives. And by the way, if we did those things, if we had single subject bills, if we had an understanding on the top line, if we had open amendments, if we had trust and honesty and understanding, there would be times when my conservative colleagues and I would lose. Might be a few times when we'd win. There'd be times that we would form partnerships that might otherwise not be uh, really predictable in the American body politic. But the American people would see us legislating. These last few days, we've suspended the momentum that we had established the week earlier, where we were bringing bills to the floor, voting on them, staying late at night, working. God bless Matt Gates. We're a solid team, Matt Gates. We stand Matt Gates here in this house. Thanks so much to all of you who tuned in to the Wake Up America show today. It's been an absolutely fantastic show. We couldn't do it without you, the viewers, and of course, Rumble.com. Remember, when you're clicking like and you're donating, like our friends Sign of Jonah and Studio 314 and others have donated today on the Wake Up America show, you're not just supporting me, you're also supporting Rumble. Rumble takes a portion of the revenue that we raise here through this show. And you know what? I'm happy to give it to them because Rumble has given us an audience. They've introduced you and me, and now we're friends, aren't we? Well, what is that? Well, friends don't shake hands. Friends got a hug. So give me a nice little hug. Look at, look at me the way that Ilhan Omar looks at Matt Gates. Look at that. I just want somebody to love me the way Ilhan Omar loves her. Look at her looking down at his butt. Look at that. You think you could love me like that? It's fine. You don't have to love me like that. That's just for... How dare just you? For, Mrs. Peterson. <laughs> if you do like me at least a little bit, click that like button, subscribe to the channel before you leave. And I want to see you back here tomorrow morning on the Wake Up America show. On Friday, we have Freedom Family Fridays. That's when Stephanie Peterson joins us live in studio. We'll try and work on the microphones to make it a little better for you. Sorry about that earlier, guys. In studio, microphone situation is a nightmare and I'm not very good at it. But she will be joining us tomorrow in studio and, of course, or Friday, excuse me, in studio. And Thursdays, of course, what do we have? Thirsty Thursdays with Camelia Peterson. She joins us at 8 a.m. It's going to be a great show. You don't want to miss it. And, of course, don't forget to visit AP4LibertyShop.com. Get some delicious Founding Flavors coffee and your No Lives Matter shirt. Get those Halloween orders in so you can get your awesome costumes in before Halloween at AP4LibertyShop.com. All right, we'll see you tomorrow on the Wake Up America show.